Today on The Deep End, we are going live with your questions and hopefully providing some answers during the COVID-19 crisis. Also, hopefully, we'll have time to get to the Book of Acts. But if not, we've got a special plan just in case. Send your questions in as of right now because The Deep End is going live now. Okay, welcome, welcome in all of the audiences. Most importantly, youtube.com slash the deep end TV. Like and subscribe, like and subscribe, like and subscribe. YouTube.com slash the deep end TV. And also FM 99.5 in Rhode Island and the Spotify audience. Welcome to you and WEZE Radio in Boston. All kinds of audiences listening in, watching. So glad that you're here. Let us know in the comments below where you're watching from. We love to find out where our audience is. Okay, welcome. To the Deep End, the weekly podcast show hosted by myself, Tim Hatch, but I have some special guests in studio today because it's different times. COVID-19 has locked us down and we don't know how long it's going to be, but we know we've gotten one week, two days into it, and I know we're all miserable already. Mm. <laughs> so we have got some people in-house to answer your questions and talk about. Take a second. Take a, we're going to take a second. We're going to talk about what Waters Church has been doing uh, during this uh during this crisis, and I want to give you some some information. It's going to be helpful, and then we also want to answer your questions. So, welcome into the studio, Shane Parsons, executive pastor of Waters Church. Hello, hello Shane. how you doing? And then to his right, we have Marty McNeil, who is Waters Kids Norwood. So, hello, How's it going? good hello. to have you. And then uh, the always popular Chris McEwen, pastoral care director, Waters Church North Attleboro. Hello, Chris. Hello, Tim. Welcome back to the Deep End. Thank you very much. Have you missed it? I have. I, I my banishment's over for the week. It's over for the week. We'll see. <laughs> see how I do. You can thank coronavirus for that. <laughs> thank you, Corona. Uh, anyway, we also need to discuss this very important question. This question just went live on my Twitter feed. Okay. And uh, this poll is on my Twitter channel right uh, now. Uh, Waters Church Deep End listeners, we need to know. We need to settle this right now. Who do you miss more in person during COVID-19? Can we get that full screen, Michael? Who do you miss more during COVID-19 in person? Is it Chris McEwen with no votes so far? Who, who's the one vote? I think Shane Parsons voted for himself. <laughs> I did not. I did not. I voted for Chris. So, I don't know anyone on Twitter. Yeah. Head over, head over to Tim, uh, twitter.com slash Tim Hatch Live. Twitter.com slash Tim Hatch Live. That poll is for 24 hours, and that is no vote. Just not a scientific poll. No. Sympathy, sympathy votes accepted, yes? It's a popularity poll, and Shane's going to win. I know. Uh, it's popularity. It's okay. <laughs> anyway, I didn't want to put Marty in there because I know he would have wiped the floor with both Probably, of you. Probably, yeah. You know, All so. of Norwood. All of Norwood. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, many of you don't know, we are one church in many locations, and so we wanted Marty here because he's from the Norwood location, and, and they're so important to us. Um, but and this is a is different time, right? You guys are inside, stuck inside, probably watching the deep end more than you would normally. And for that, I'm thankful. But we also want to provide some information because the church is still the church in spite of COVID-19. What I love most about this moment in, our human, in human history is that this has not stopped the church from being the church. And we want to talk about how the church has proved in practice that we are not a building, we are people. Yeah. And all three of you are part of that. You have represented different parts of our church and lead different parts of our church. And I want you to take some time in this moment, before we get to questions, and again, send your questions in, into the Facebook comments, YouTube comments, wherever you're watching from, just post a question live. We are totally live today. So we will answer them as we get to them. 
But I want you guys to take a turn, start with you, maybe Shane, okay. and uh, tell us what's the church doing to be the church during COVID-19? Uh, well, one of the things we're doing is uh, we started a pantry for the community. So this is the first time it's an emergency pantry. So people from Norwood, Woonsocket, and North Attleboro have been coming by the church, dropping off all kinds of supplies. Uh, and we've been um, just storing them, getting them ready to go. We have them all set up. Uh, we have a, we've delivered a couple of uh, bags. Uh, my wife, Marianne, and the, all the small group leaders and the action groups, they're ready to go. Explain uh, to the people what the action groups are, because this is a good point to talk mm-hmm. about action groups. So it's a group of people who are ready to take action on anything you need to do. Uh, we don't move furniture or anything like that, but we'll... we'll <laughs> anything we'll, about furniture. Yeah, well, anything about furniture. furniture. Um, that's what they tell me to say all the time. We'll do anything for you but, but furniture. But So if you need something, you can go on waterschurch.tv and you can just put your need in, and we'll be there for you. You know, we'll take you to the doctor. We'll bring you food, um, just you know, things like that. Now, why the no furniture thing? Because I was thinking of moving. Because <laughs> uh, we got killed with that. But you say and that too. But uh, Isaiah and I had to go move a big TV up three flights of stairs like two weeks ago. So we hey, we still do it, even yeah. though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do yeah. it. Yeah. We'll do. We'll do. We'll yeah. do what's needed. Yeah. So the church is really being the church. Uh, just because pantry. we're not meeting here, we got the food pantry. Um, mm-hmm. There was a uh, people just keep calling, asking what what can we do, how can we help. So we're just and what's we're the number ready. they can call. Well, waterschurch.tv is the place to go. Yeah. But if you need to call, it's 508-695-1300. and that's for Norwood and um, uh, Woonsocket as well. But yeah, you're right. Waterschurch.tv, and we'll put these uh, links that are up on the screen because our three priorities during this crisis is mm. we want to minister to you, we want to inform you, and then we want to have fun and entertain you in some small ways. And we know we're doing that all. Uh, week long on watershirts.tv last week and still continuing it this week. But that's important to uh, our church's life, ministering through the crisis, not complaining and not talking about, oh, this is God's judgment and America deserves this and all that stuff. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Let's be the church and let's show the world that Jesus is alive through what we do. Amen. Uh, Marty, you're involved in Waters Kids, so give us some information on what's going on with Waters Kids. Yes, yes. So in spite of this crisis, um, this has been a great opportunity for all of our campuses to come together, um, be working out of the same place. We're always working together as far as the same mission and the same goal, but for us to actually be in the same building, doing the same thing, working on the same tasks, um, that's been an awesome experience. Uh, What we've done is we've created, through waterschurch.tv, a way for all of the children to still receive the same ministry that they would receive on a Sunday, from lessons to crafts to activities um, to pillow fights with feathers, all the stuff that we would do in a room. Um, Sorry about that cleanup. Um, but uh, <laughs> everything that we would do on a Sunday is happening on waterschurch.tv. So parents, take full advantage of that. Um, log on with your kids. It's available at different times if you check out the schedule. Um, but we are there. We are present. And we just wanted to make sure that we're still ministering and serving our families during this crisis. So important. Yeah. And I love the fact that parents are actually going to get uh, involved in their kids' discipleship because this is something that often happens with parents is, let me just drop them off at Waters Kids and they'll fix them. You know, <laughs> they'll do the biblical stuff for them. And that's, you know, no option now. You cannot do that. Now you actually have to do it together with your kids. So have you heard any reports from parents? Have people talked to you, let you know what's going on? We've heard great things. We've gotten lots of pictures and videos. Um, so do that. If your children are watching, if they're dancing through worship, if they're doing a craft or an activity, send us those pictures. Use the hashtag WatersKids. We will post them. We will share them. Um, it lets us know that the things that we're doing, the content that we're creating is reaching your children. Yeah, I want to speak to that too. If you are watching and if you are participating in anything concerning Waters Church uh, remotely, 
please flood social media with these two hashtags. So take a picture of it. If you're doing small group through um, Google meetups or whatever, take a picture of it and then just post it to your social media. Hashtag Waters Kids, hashtag Waters Church. So obviously if you're in a small group, Waters Church. But if you're doing your lesson with your kids, ha- take a picture of it, hashtag Waters Kids. And we want to see it. We want This is a way for us to see you. Like, you see us, but we don't see you. And that's part of the frustration for me yeah. as a pastor. I love to see the people and I haven't been able to see them. Right. But I would, I am definitely going to search those hashtags. Please post them when, when you do those things. So yeah. that's awesome to hear. And then Chris, your pastoral care director, tell us what's going on. I, I was talking to Kelly and online, uh, we've received more uh, prayer requests and people just looking for answers and wanting to talk about Christ and their relationship with God. But more prayer requests over the last week and a half than we, we've gotten all year combined. Wow. So as well as online traffic, but definitely the prayer requests, which is, which is huge because people are, are searching, they're searching, they're seeking. Seeking, and that's why we have content like this for answer those questions. Yeah, definitely. And the other thing that we have is that the phone number five zero eight six nine five thirteen hundred goes to a uh, a reception area where they will direct you to uh, prayer. Right. If Some of our prayer. spiritual leaders, our elders, yeah. both uh, all campuses elders are on call at this point mm-hmm. to receive your personal phone call. So. Know that there's a lot of anxiety out there. There's a lot of tension in the air, and a lot of the questions that have come in have already been loaded down with anxiety and tension during this crisis. And I just want to say something like off the top, you know, America has been through worse. Yeah, I think that we got to put that in perspective. And every generation uh, tends to be defined by their worst experience as a generation, and it becomes a codifying experience, a unifying experience. That's my prayer. For us during Corona is like, let us come together. Big part of that is turn off the news networks and tune into something like this so we can talk about what's good in the midst of this. But, you know, generations before us have been through world wars. They've been uh, they've been through severe famines. They've been through the Depression. A lot of people a lot of people related the recession a couple of years, 10 years ago to the Depression. There was no. There was no equating those two experiences. We did not have bread lines. We still actually had iPhone lines during the the Great Recession. I remember that. Um, But anyway, the country has been through worse. We will get through this. And I think that we need to just take a deep breath and do this. Tune in to things that are going to feed our souls and our spirits. Thus, uh, you know, waterschurch.tv. Waters Church, uh, the YouTube channel, the Deep End YouTube channel. Just keep tuning in. We want to provide tons of content with you for you. Um, and we want to get that question answered. This is the question of the night. Which one do you miss Still more? Still in the lead. Yeah. Still in the well, lead. Well, it's Still just one vote there. so far. <laughs> might, be, might be more votes now. I don't know. That's just that's a picture of the first oh. vote. <laughs> who do you miss more? Me. Do it. You only got 24 hours. All right. Let's get to COVID-19 question answers. We're going to uh, answer. Let's take a, a pre asked question off the top and then let's take a live question if we can from the okay comments. sure this was uh pre-asked earlier it says good morning so obviously asked earlier so i was just wondering what lesson god has for us with the coronavirus pande- pandemic uh people are going crazy what does god have for us what kind of lesson is he trying to teach us mm, mm. Oh, well what kind of lesson god teaches us in all things is to trust him yeah. fundamentally and, you know, the, the, the work that we are called to do uh, in order to be pleasing to God fundamentally in the Christian religion is to believe in him. Yeah. 
And it's that great passage in John chapter 6. You know, uh, the people were hungry, and they were probably hangry, <laughs> and they were probably stressed out. They've been listening, following Jesus. They're in the middle of nowhere. And then he multiplies the bread, loaves, and fishes, right? Mm. And um, then this, mar- this miracle happens, and everybody's just blown away. Well, the next day, they go across to the other side of the sea because Jesus departed with the disciples and went to the other side. So they come and find him and they say, hey, master, where did you, when did you get here? And he says, you don't, you don't want me for me. You want me for more, mm. you know, McJesus sandwiches, right? <laughs> and, uh, and uh, you know, the, the, they say, um, and, and he kind of lays down the gauntlet at that moment with them. And he says, you've got to do the works of God to be approved by God. And the answer, then the question that they ask is, well, what's the works of God? And he says that you believe. And it's not, it's not religious performance. It's not uh-huh. you know going to church. It's not offering your sacrifices. Believe. Mm-hmm. Because if you believe in him, it's not going to matter what's happening around uh-huh. you. He's in charge. He's in control. He is your trust. And Isaiah says so wonderfully, it's Isaiah 26.10, which says, you will keep in perfect peace him whose mind is set on you because he trusts in you. When, when we go through crisis, when we go through trouble, when we go through trial, it is God screaming at us to say, you need to trust me through this. I am in charge. I'm a sovereign. I'm in control. You are not, you are not too far gone. Um, you, can, you can let this overwhelm you without actually ever being touched by this. You know, that? You know what I mean? Like this could never yeah. even touch your home, and if you let it, it'll wreck your home. Right. It's a spirit. You know, there's such a thing as that, the spirit of the age. And this spirit of panic has no place in the heart of a Christian who is fully convinced that Jesus is alive and, and God is on the throne. Um, and so this is a chance for you to say, maybe I'm not there yet. Like, hard question? Yeah. Maybe the lesson for someone is, you need to ask the question, am I trusting God? Believe. Maybe yeah. this anxiety in me is actually revealing an area that I have not surrendered to him yet. That's good. And it's time to say, Father... I need to repent. I've been trusting in this, 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 this. I've been trusting in my job, my friends, my this, my that. Those things, take them, Lord. Take them. I trust in you. If I lose everything but I have you, I still have all I need. Now, that doesn't typically happen. Not many people lose everything. But the point of the matter is your heart is settled, that Christ is your all in all. That's my, I think that's the lesson. So I just took that one because I'm pastor here. So, you know, that's my my answer anyway next one uh so this just in uh from facebook jim malloy says how come social distancing isn't absor- observed on the deep end it's a good so question why are we not six feet apart right it's now great question yeah uh, we did kelly did take our temperatures on the way in i think <laughs> yeah orally a brief screening well you know the camera at, the camera takes away three feet three, three feet, feet. Yes. 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 in both directions <laughs> yeah from both directions that's a good question jim sorry we're gonna have to rethink the uh, studio we do have wipes over here so yeah. Yep. oh yeah just pass one pass, right, pass those around next question there yeah. next question from scott on waterschurch.tv says how can we help the elderly that are locked inside their their rooms and live in assistant during this time how can we help the elderly and I think Shane actually can speak on that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, again, whatischurch.tv, if you know someone um, that needs our help, we can go. And I know that um, with uh, some of the local um, 
uh, assisted livings that reached out to us already and we have a plan in place and we can just drop stuff off at the door. I think we're going to bring like crafts and They've stuff. They've asked for arts there. and crafts yes. right now. And then they're going to take them at the door and they're going to wipe them down and then they're going to give them to the residents. So yeah. it's actually a work in progress as we speak. Yeah. So if I have a person that I know is locked in, locked in, but they're not my relative, will we still help out that person? Of course. Sure. Yeah. sure. So just call or go, log on to waterschurch.tv. Yeah. Will. How can I help? Or how I need help. I, Put it in yeah, there. I need, I need help. help. Yeah, and I think that you would be willing to admit this, that we have probably more resources than need at present. At present. So that's a good thing, that we actually have more to offer than is actually being requested of us, which kind of also underscores what I just said. This, yeah. this thing is being blown up way bigger than it actually is just yet. I know it could become really problematic, but right now we got to take a deep breath and relax. And I think we did that by, by design too, anticipating now everybody's in a mode of willing to help, oh, yeah. but there's going to be maybe a time in the next few weeks where people, more people will need help. So yeah. we're trying to stock up for, Absolutely. for those people. And also last week, um, our staff, we had calling all of our seniors person yeah, by person, good. almost cold calling. It was like a telethon. Hey, can we help you? Do you need anything? Yeah. Uh, which was great to make that personal touch for our people that are over. Yeah. We Both just lost your mic, but yeah. That's Both Norwood and North Attebro over 60, we called everybody on our, in our list. Yeah. And that's the, you know what, that's beautiful. That is, that uh, speaks to the beauty of belonging to a church. Right. Because I know who we called the faithful ones, mm. the ones that show up. You know, some people have a little bit of an audaciousness that they never show up to church and then the something goes wrong and we don't hear about it and then we don't do anything and then yes. they flip out. It's like, wait, yeah. we haven't seen you in months, sometimes years. And by the way, you didn't even tell us what was going on. Right. Yeah. So if we don't know, we can't help. Help us know who needs help so we can be the church and we want to get out there and help. And those people probably aren't in a life group either or we wouldn't know. Yeah, that's the, that's the important thing about life groups. Do you have any uh, testimonies from sh your your wife, Marianne? She's our small group director. So is there testimonies of small groups stepping up for their members? Oh, yeah. They're doing the uh, they're doing it on Zoom and Google Hangouts. And uh, I know for a fact that there have been uh, deliveries of people in the life groups that needed help. Um, you know, bags of... Uh, uh, even toilet paper, they're so hard to get. Yeah. We've, we've delivered it right to their house, left it on their porch. Um, we've called people uh, with that, with the over 60, and they were like, um, oh, we don't go to the church anymore. We were like, yeah, so? You, <laughs> you, you okay? Yeah, that's that's right. why we're calling. You okay? We don't care where you go. Yeah. You, you're right. Oh, yeah? yeah, yeah. They were surprised that we, we called. But. They better show up now. <laughs> <laughs> you would think. <laughs> All right, next question. So how does a happily married Christian fight off lustful desires and strong temptation from coworkers who want to sleep with you even though they know that you're married? We, we heard this question before, and I said, Shane, you got that a lot in your old job. <laughs> <laughs> Shane, stop texting me. <laughs> no, his old job. His old job. Okay, okay. <laughs> Uh, I'm sorry. It's a, it's a serious question, and uh, it probably was asked in in sincerity. So I want to I would answer this and say, yeah. you know, look at what uh, Joseph does. He runs. He takes. You know, he uh, Potiphar's wife tries to grab him by the coat, and she run, and he rips the coat off and runs for his life. And yeah. you got to do that mm -hmm. if you're married, and and this is starting to be a temptation for you. Uh, I cannot underscore this enough. I cannot emphasize this enough. What you got to do is avoid it at all costs because this could ruin not just your marriage, but your life. Yeah. yeah. And it's not worth it. It's momentary pleasure and it's a lifetime of pain. So, you know, one of the things that somebody once took me through when, um, when I was young in ministry, I think it was actually in Bible college, 
you know, you sometimes you just remember some lectures and the lecture was, uh, imagine yourself sitting down with your kids and explaining to them that you're never going to see them again, or you're not going to be living with them anymore because yeah. like, just imagine you, you want to fantasize about the love affair. Yeah. That comes naturally. The devil wants to put that in your head, but now here's the fantasy you should put in your head. Sit down, sitting down in the living room with your kids and talking about what just happened yeah. and then explaining the living situation going forward. That's how you fight off the temptation yeah. and being in the small groups, online small groups. And, and if you have a friend in a small group, you text them, you talk to them, you let them know. That's what being the church is. Look, if you can't confess some struggles to people, you, you haven't actually delved in to the church yet. Yeah. The church should be a place where there's safety not with everybody. Like I'm not all for you know broadcasting it to the world, but do you got a confidant that you can say, "Hey, I'm wrestling. Can you help me? I, mm-hmm. I just need to confess this because you know I know the devil's a liar and I'm human and yeah, we're all we all wrestle with the same temptation. So it's not making you know you feel worse that than anybody else, but you need someone with you. Yeah, accountability. So this one, I, I love how he starts it because he's already already trying to qualify it. But dear Tim, what does the Bible say about using marijuana recreationally, meaning once every couple of months versus medical marijuana? Well, this is not really a COVID nineteen question. No, no, wait. <laughs> it is. ask anything. It is. No, well, we want to do COVID nineteen, but okay. I I think that drugs are just a bad thing. They're yeah. just a bad thing, and I, you know, do you need a Bible verse for everything? Like, no. There are some things that you should not do to, that, that you can just understand are not healthy for you. The uh, research is out there. Um, you can find it. Uh, even the states that have started to legalize marijuana are already starting to regret it because of the social impact on people's lives, the community impact on people's lives. Look, why do you want to do something that is going to affect and alter your mind in a way that is that severe. Like I, I understand, you know, drinking casually, but then you can drink casually, but then not drink to a certain level that causes your brain to go to another place. And I think there's that right there. Do not be drunk with wine. Sober minded. Say, do not be. Yes, yeah, be sober minded. That's yeah. another passage. So anything that alters your mind, why do you want to? As a Christian, why do you want to do that? Your mind has to be the place where the Word of God settles in. Your mind has to be the place where you are alert and awake to what God is saying to you. Why do you want to open it up to things that are not of him, that, the things that could alter your state of consciousness? You see, Jesus says, be alert and keep watch. Yeah. And I don't, I'm not for anything that causes me through substance to be unalert and not be able to keep watch. And I think that, uh, you know, it's just a bad thing. I don't think Christians have any place doing uh, marijuana yeah. at, all, at all. All right, back on subject. I understand that it's a sin to worry. Uh, that worry signifies a lack of trust in God, but isn't it, <clears throat> excuse me, a natural and merely human to be a bit anxious in extraordinary times like this? Can one truly trust God for the outcome, but still feel nervous for what's to come? Um, I can take this one. Yeah. I, there's a difference to me between being nervous and being worried. Um, I sing. I'm a singer by nature, so sometimes before I sing, I'm nervous but I'm rarely worried about how a song is going to go. Um, So it is possible to have some anxiousness and be nervous about the things that are happening. But um, I think to worry when we serve the God that we serve um, is completely contradictory of everything that we preach, proclaim, and sing about. Um, And as you said earlier, there's no real place for worry in a believer's heart. Nervousness, sure, that happens. But worry, um, I don't think we should be worried. That's right, yeah. Yeah. That's good. Good. 
Uh, do you have any suggestions for non-biased news outlets, blogs, or websites for us Jesus lovers that want to stay informed without having to turn on CNN, Fox News, NBC, etc.? Thanks, Pastor Tim. Oh, uh, uh, well, I will say that the news media has become an absolute dumpster fire. <laughs> <laughs> really? this, this is disgusting. It is just hideous. So is Twitter, by the way. Twitter is a dumpster fire. Is it? And then I had this question, is everything a dumpster fire, or are we just getting more of you know, people, you know, with all this stuff yeah. and just realizing that people are dumpster fires. <laughs> and the doctrine of total depravity makes total sense now. Right? Like people are just wicked. Um, do I have, I gave the staff one, which is an ironic source. It's yeah. a libertarian site though. I know the libertarians. So libertarians can go both ways with a lot of different things. Like libertarians believe, do what you want. Um, it's called reason.com. And yeah. I actually think it's run by atheists. agnostics and atheists. Yeah. So I go there because... (laughs) (laughs) I go there, Pastor Tim. (laughs) Well, because I value that non... I think that's non-biased. You're not going hard right, hard left. Um, So that's my suggestion, reason.com. I also would suggest thechristianpost.com. Does anybody go there? You guys go there? Christianpost.com. They have Christian headlines, so they're a great uh, news source for me. I love reading about what's happening in the church. They can tend to be too... Negative too, but uh, you know that's news. News is negative by and mm. large. Do you guys have any suggestions? Any anybody you go to? Babylon B. The Babylon B. <laughs> that's right. That's a perfect website to go to. Satire news, Christian news. Oh, okay. Like actually, the Onion, but up. Christian. Yeah. Yeah, like okay. Yeah. They actually became very popular because Snopes actually <laughs> did a research article on their article, which is like, what, what are you doing? Where's like that's like doing a research article on the Onion because there's yeah, satire. It's like Inception. It's yeah. just deeper and. So they and Snopes inadvertently made Babylon be very popular by doing that. <laughs> nice. But that's what I, ChristianPostReason.com. I don't really have any other sites that I can think of. Oh, you know what the best, actually the best news source in every home in America is your local news yeah, yeah, that's on better. television. Yeah. They're totally unbiased. And, I, and I've watched these people. They are your community. Remember, they're your community. So they can't play, you know, the sides. And mm. I think if you want to just get the, the most down the line news sources, those are the ones to go to. I prefer the news segment every week on uh, the deep end. Amen. Personally, you just got invited that's, back, that's, my thank friend. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I've been here before. I've been here before. That's a, I know who I'm voting for. Uh, Twitter.com. Twitter. Check that score. <laughs> Next question. Um, all right. Since since I now have more time to spend at home, how should I go about studying notes and studying the Bible? Yeah, well, thank you for that question, because I'm going to do a video about that, and I think we're going to broadcast it tomorrow night. So I, that question came in beforehand. We will be putting a video together on how to study, how I go about a little bit. How do I, if I, when I instruct people on a basic level on how to study the Bible personally, we're going to go through that. So I want you to tune in on waterchurch.tv tomorrow when we broadcast that video, because I'm going to actually pull out my tools, and we got this overhead shot planned, and I'm going to actually show you how nice. to mark up the oh, scriptures. Cool. Uh, okay. Do you think it's wrong for an employer to force his or her staff into coming into the office and not allowing them to work from home during this corona outbreak? Well, um, Shane, you're a human resource. Yeah, guy, well, so. I think it all depends on the case by case. Well, I can speak about, you know, what's happened lately at the church. I mean, Monday morning, we we're in a meeting and the governor was, you know, at a news conference and we thought we were going to be sh- shut down. So we were scrambling to get enough content because we thought we were going to have to go home. Turns out that houses of worship are exempt into this rule. But we are trying to um, to follow uh, like less than 10 in the building. We're letting a lot of employees work from home now, uh, starting yesterday. So we're trying to do our part, you know, trying to keep away from each other. But, 
you know, it didn't work out today. Yeah. <laughs> but we're trying. We're trying to do things like that. So I just think, personally, it's case by case um, for an employee. You don't know what that employee is thinking either. Like, they might be ready to sink, uh, go under, and this is what they're, you know, they're just grasping, trying to stay afloat, especially, like, the restaurant industry. It's that's hard now. Yeah. That's a great point yeah. that Shane just made, too, is that this is a beautiful opportunity for the worker and the employer to learn to um, appreciate what each other does. Yeah, that's yes. good. You know, the, 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 the haves and the haves nots argument is really an argument between, a lot of times, employer and employee. It really is, you know, because employers technically usually make more money. Employees make less money. And sometimes there's a lot of exploitation on the part of the employer, and there's a lot of there's a lot of exploitation on the part of the employee. And it's time for both parties to look at each other and say, what can I do to serve you? Yeah. What can I do to be a better employee? Yeah. And then what can I do to be a better employer? And maybe understand each other. And what you just said is just so true because these employers, like a lot of people are complaining that some bailout money go to, goes to corporations and, and, and places of business. But if they don't get money and they can't sustain their or organization after this and it's all over, who hires you? Right. So they've got to be there for you to be hired, right. and you've got to be able to sustain yourself through the crisis. I'm praying you should be praying for your senators and congressmen to do the right Absolutely. thing yeah. yes. and stop playing politics because that is it's just getting disgusting. But uh, just to go back a second from our one of our campus pastors just sent me uh, join1440.com. He says no media slant there. Join1440.com. That's from Kenny. 1440.com? Yeah, just send it to me. All right, 1440.com. Uh, that is an un... He uh, says no media slant. Unchecked review. Yeah, unchecked. Uh, blame Kenny yeah. if yeah, it we'll is biased. We'll do some research, <laughs> I think. Uh, right, let me go one. back. Yep, new questions coming in, but this one was from before. Have you seen the new show, The Chosen, about the early days of Jesus' ministry? We found it to be really well done and binge-worthy, which is pretty rare outside of uh, secular TV. But... But do an hour-long episode, much of the content dialogue has been extra-biblical. <clears throat> so they have to fill in the blank, obviously, with the dialogue. Based on what you've seen, and please watch a couple episodes before answering, so I, mm. sorry, Did we just got it? this. Would you recommend it to all of us who are stuck inside with the coronavirus? So it's called yeah. The Chosen. None of us have seen it. a little bit it. about it. No, I haven't seen it. I'll, I'll give a shameless <laughs> plug, though. Uh, we, we did a <laughs> show. Well, here, here's, here's this. Uh, you said fun content, so Noah and I did something called Bingeworthy last night. Uh, I was on Facebook and YouTube talking about shows to watch. If you tune in next week, I'll watch it before then, and we'll give you a, your review there on Bingeworthy. You know what? I'm going to let him do that because he, he needs votes. He's getting killed. Yes, <laughs> yeah, the, I, I bet. I know. It's so unfair. <laughs> well, the demographic on Twitter is much closer to Shane. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> all, right. Uh, all right. So Facebook, uh, Matt says, uh, which one would New Englanders give up first uh, in a home invasion if the thieves were demanding only one item during this time? Toilet paper or their Dunkin' Donuts coffee supply? <laughs> LOL. Uh, well, I, I've heard of leaves, so. You've heard of what? I've heard of leaves, <laughs> so. You know, Dunkin' Donuts is just Dunkin' Donuts. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, there's, that's true. There's such a thing as leaves. Get, well, doesn't one beget the other, though? I mean, really? <laughs> too much of one, you're going to need the other? Well said. So, that's true. It's a trick question. I don't know. Shane is a Dunkin' Donuts guy. What do you, what do you think on that? Oh, New Dunkin' Englanders. Donuts. If I don't have that in the morning, someone's you know, 
We feed him Dunkin' Donuts all day, so he stays pacified. Dunkin's flowing. Surprised he doesn't have an IV yet. Um, okay, it's from YouTube. Yolanda Martinez says, Pastor Tim, where do you see the church going after this corona has passed? EFAM groups, e-meetings, classes, things like that. Well, there's no doubt that this is an opportunity for the church to grow their online presences. And it's actually a bit of a corrective for churches who tend to um, distance themselves from embracing uh, methodology, new methodology, and changes. The world is going to continue to change after coronavirus. So what we are learning right now, I think, organizationally, institutionally, as a church, is the churches that already embraced how the culture was shifting, they are, they're doing well. And the ones that did not and kind of resisted, maybe for spiritual reasons, maybe for financial reasons, but just kind of shunned technology, um, maybe bemoaned technology. I'll never forget the first Christian conference I went to as a young youth pastor for the denomination that we used to belong to. The head of that organization was preaching and getting fired up as he was preaching and said, some say God bless the internet. I say God curse the internet. <laughs> and I remember like my eyes were like, what? Because I was just thinking, how, how can you curse? It's just a tool. Right. That's like saying God cursed the printing press in the 1500s. <laughs> um, so you got to embrace technology going forward. That's how the church needs to change. And churches like ours need to just continue to beef up what, the presence that we already have. But then also think about what is the, you know, okay, the, the atomic bomb goes off. So what's the fallout? And the fallout might be that people have been disconnected so long, they're going to need more intentional personal connection. Yeah. And we want to be that for them. We want to be very intentional about that. We might, we might do a big small, you know, join a small groups, push whole series on small groups, relationships, yeah. and cultivating godly relationships post Corona uh, virus crisis. And so that's what I'm going to be looking for short term, but long term, it is both. And it is yeah. being in, personal connection with each other and being digitally connected to the church. And one of the greatest benefits is many of you at Waters Church have been continuing to give through waterschurch.org slash give. I can't thank you enough. You are doing amazing. Keep it up uh, if you're working. And uh, that's been another thing that we've learned. Just embrace embrace di different methodologies yeah. without compromising the message. Right. And if you do that, you're going to do well. Yeah. I, I, I love what you did earlier uh, this week or last week where you brought some of your other pastor friends in that hadn't yet gone online and used the staff here to educate them on how to do it. Oh, yeah. That was I just thought that was so cool and huge to, you know, and hopefully they'll take that and, and do that forward. But we're, we're able to give our resources to help out other local churches. Yeah, I, I thought them, that was huge. I offered them this, this facility. I offered them our sanctuary. I said, come in. We'll film you. We'll produce the video. We'll send it to you. You can post it to your, your sites. It doesn't have to be on our site. We'll just give you the video. Um, we, that's the church being the church together. Yeah. So yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of being in relationships with other gospel-preaching churches and pastors, and that's what we do as a church. And, hmm. uh, I don't quite understand this question, but I kind of see where she's going. Uh, Lindsey Green said on Facebook says, I've seen memes where people say God did this and the Bible. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, the classic argument is this is God. This is God's doing, judgment on yeah. us. Okay. Uh, that's not really a question, more of a statement, but I don't know if you want to see Well, that. you're always going to see that. You're always going to see that. Martinez, do you want to talk about that? Oh, wait. So, uh, I, it continues. Oh, sorry, oh. I sent too early. I've seen memes where people say, 
Thank you, Kelly. Sorry, I shouldn't have read that. I've seen memes where people uh, say God did this and the Bible does talk of plagues. I get confused about this. Where are your thoughts? So God does plagues, but did he do this plague? Yeah. I know last week or the week yeah. before there was uh, Lotus in, in Africa and people were freaking out about that. Lotus? Lo- Locust. Lo- locusts. 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 That's a beautiful thing. <laughs> there, were, there were beautiful flowers in Africa. <laughs> No, but uh, yeah, what do you got? Um, do I think God did this? No, um, I don't think God did this. And less about um, who did it or where it came from and what is our response to it as the body of Christ. Yeah. Um, I think that we can get so caught up in where did this come from and how did it happen and who started it and who brought it and what country, what continent. Um, but now that it's here, what are we going to do with it? That's right. Um, and that should be to turn to God at all costs, at all, in all avenues. Um, just focus on him throughout this because that's the way that we'll be able to get through it. Yeah, amen. And here's something that justifies the Christian uh, seeing their job as a ministry because there's Christian doctors and there's Christian scientists working on this you know, virus yeah. problem and yeah. trying to solve it with practical means. You know, rule and subdue, the creation mandate, is still in place. And that means that, you know, the subdue time, the subdue word, it has always frightened me because it underpins the idea that creation by nature was wild uh-huh. even before sin. Right. We, we were called to subdue it even before the fall. So this idea that creation was always going to just be peaceful and at ease and everything, that's just not true. Uh, death, de- deterioration, and frustration in work were parts of the curse. But the work to subdue it and leverage it and make it work for the flourishing of the human race and the and the and the maintenance of creation with with uh, with uh, in honorable ways that's still in place regardless of sin. So as Christians, we've got to see our jobs as you know farmers, as nurses, as doctors. We're in the middle of a war with the. The, the, the plague of sin, but we're also still called to subdue creation and make it work. And there's both and there until Jesus comes. When Jesus comes, sin put away, right? Once and forever. But there's still going to be, I think, beyond Jesus coming, heaven is not sitting on a recliner on the beach with a pina colada for a million years. Right. It's, it's going to other planets, I think. And it's going to be going, you know, I think the technological revolution is going to just increase exponentially when Jesus comes on the new heavens and the new earth. The things that we enjoy doing and, and making today are going to be more pleasurable, exponentially more pleasurable in the next uh, life. So this is practice. Yeah. And we've got to see all that we do, no matter what it is, as our ministry. Amen. Uh, so I, I, I heard that the, we're actually having trouble with some of the social media right now, all the channels. That's all we have for questions currently. That's all we have for questions. Yeah, I, I think there's some trouble. You know, whenever you preach the word, sometimes we get some trouble momentarily on the line. Well, let's just check the results of our oh poll. Yep. <laughs> Did I get one vote? <laughs> you didn't get one vote. <laughs> I knew it. I knew it. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. on my $10. Oh, man. Oh, man. Well, you know what else they can do is they can text the questions to uh, 508. Uh, what is that number? 508. Here it is. I got it right here. 508. 3169333508316933 so how many is Shane up to Six. Six. Six to nothing. I don't have many Six Twitter followers. So. so that's your wife, your three dogs, your son. No. <laughs> <laughs> no I just, just assume. 
What's going on uh, in the in the next week at Waters Church? We'll close out with uh, this conversation. Oh, so really cool. Um, we during the week, and this speaks to the church being the church. We had a couple people come in during the week when it was safe. There was very few people here, and we baptized them here. Yeah. We filmed the footage, and the church is going to get to celebrate that with us this weekend. Oh, that's really cool. I'm actually doing an online baptism class this Saturday at nine thirty. That's on the WatersChurch.tv schedule. So if people are watching and want to get baptized and haven't taken that class, they're welcome to join. It's going to be on Google Hangout. That's fantastic. So we can continue to do the baptisms exactly. at our church. And I think that's uh, just an amazing testimony to, again, embracing technology because it takes a lot of cameras and a lot of technology to make sure that that happens. Yeah. So baptisms, how many this weekend? Uh, we're we're going to, we have three that we're going to play for this weekend. We have more scheduled. Mm. I know when Socket had six scheduled for Easter, so uh, we're working on a plan to try to get them to come in, and so maybe we can celebrate that. We don't know how long we're going to have to be online, so we're just uh, planning as we go along and learning and adapting. But yeah, Day by day. What I love about it is it's just forced us to get more creative. Yeah. And yeah. Some of the stuff coming out, I think, is from Waters Kids to just other staff members. It's fantastic. Yeah, so definitely. It's really cool to see, but yeah. And what's on the horizon, Shane, executive pastor, anything? No, like we're just moving uh, day by day. We're taking it as it comes. We're listening to the government, seeing what they're telling us to do. Hopefully, we're going to be able to stay right where we are, and this is going to, you know, subside, and we're going to be fine. But we're uh, we're just going to, you know, keep uh, collecting the food for the pantry, keep taking phone calls, and just be in the hands and feet of Jesus as much as we can. I love that. You know, we were talking about this earlier today too, which is that the state of Massachusetts deems the church yeah. still necessary. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we are not an unnecessary yeah, organization. Right. Yeah. Thank yeah. God for that. Yeah. That's a beautiful testimony. I know that the Christian church and, you know, the state, we have our differences about certain issues, of course. We all know what those are. But they still see the church as a benefit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we like to cry persecution in this country, yet... The church, the state needs us. And, you know, this is what Jesus told, told us. We are the salt of the earth and the light of the world. We are the city on a hill that cannot be hidden. But we're only that city when we actually serve. We're only that city when we get involved and do something that helps people. You know, at the end of the day, um, and I was told this when I was a young man, too, and in, in, uh, in how to preach, and somebody once said this to me. He said, if you, if you preach to hurting people, you will never fail to have an audience mm. because hurting people are everywhere uh, and, and needs are everywhere. And if there's one thing that I want to see the church do today um, that I think will help us in the future is to embrace crises. <laughs> uh, this is kind of like the flu shot for that. <laughs> you know, that we can yeah. get that, that immunity to, ooh, I don't know if I can help. Well, you need to. Um, yeah. You got to step up. You got to be part of the thing, part of the movement of Jesus. And some of you, this is challenging you to uh, love your family a little bit <laughs> More than you normally would. (laughs) And some of you, it's time for, you know, maybe you need to reconcile with that spouse or that child. Yeah. Yeah. Forced to quarantine for a while. I said in the sermon on Sunday, I said, this seems like a global timeout from God. You know, parents like to put their kids in timeout when they can't get along. And God's like, none of you are getting along. Timeout for everybody. (laughs) Learn, Learn how to appreciate each other. So we have some questions. Uh, I did just get one from Kevin O'Connell, faithful watcher of the Deep End podcast. He says, I always took it that nothing happens without God letting it happen. So wouldn't this be part of it? Kind of going off of the question before. Yeah. 
But I, I'm, I'm thinking of job where... where Job. Job. I, I don't know words. Where jo- but I know my Bible. No wonder where, why you have no votes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but what did he do? He allowed Satan to, you know, that, that's the big thing. So. Yeah. yeah, and I think that uh, there's, there's a lot of confusion with Christians about the will of God. Yeah. Oh, my word. We, yeah. we really make the will of God something that it is not. And we think that it's the specific, perfect, perfect. life plan yeah. that God has mapped out for those who are really faithful. Like, <laughs> if you're really faithful, you will fall right into the middle of the will of God and nothing bad will ever... I mean, that's, that's baloney. Yeah. Right. The gospel message is centered on the absolute worst thing that could happen to a person happened to the Son of God. Right. Okay? And God took that and used it to save the world. That's the message. I mean, why should we expect that bad things won't happen going forward? Yeah. Mm -hmm. The message is God takes what the devil throws at us, takes what human evil throws at us, and says, I'm going to get glory out of that. I'm going to use that. I'm going to show you that I can triumph over evil in all things. Now, um, does God allow good people to suffer. Of course, Paul, Paul the Apostle suffered greatly. He, underscore, he, he outlines his sufferings in 2 Corinthians. It's an amazing thing what he went through. Whipped, beaten, stoned, chased out of town, shipwrecked, uh, days and nights without sleep. This guy suffered, yeah, and, and he was doing God's will. This world has fallen. We talked about that already. Sin has a cost. And what we fail to get in the message of sin is... It always hurts. And every pain in the world today, at root, is sin. The, the creation order is upended because we, we abdicated our control to the voice of Satan in the garden. And then, so that's the natural order being disrupted. But then the human order is disrupted because the two brothers, you know, one brother hates the other and kills him. And from then on, it's human carnage after human carnage. This is what God allows to show us the pain and the troubles that sin brings. Mm. There's that condition. You guys ever hear that physical condition that people can't feel pain? They can't feel yeah. physical pain. Mm. Yeah. It's like one of the worst conditions you could have because you could burn your hand right. That's right. Not right. and not know. Not know it. And, it's, and it's like, oh yeah, if, if I put my hand on the stove right now, I'm going to feel it and I'm going to probably scream. Thank God I feel it. Because yeah. the worst thing it could be to leave my hand on that stove and watch my, my, my hand burn away. So sin is that hot fire that God in grace and mercy allows us to see the consequences of it so that we will turn to the one who takes what is evil and uses it for our good. Yeah. With the cross being the archetype, the arc example of that message. It's just in Marion Parsons voted for Chris. <laughs> Very good. Thank I'm you, Marion. <laughs> Thank you, Marianne. I have one vote. Um, question from Kenny. Is this the beginning of a revival, and how can we partner with God? Well, Chris, you haven't answered a question, so let's hear you. Um, it, well, it could be. I mean, I, I think God does many revivals throughout all of history. Uh, we, we pray in this church all the time that uh, we pray for a big revival in New England and in America. And I know as a staff, we're always saying we want to know what God is up to and partner with that. We don't want to force our, that's our own word. agenda, but we want to partner whatever the Holy Spirit's doing right now in this time. And that's why we're listening to the government, but uh, listening to uh, you know the people that are calling, asking for help and trying to respond and 
because we believe, you know, that that's God using this, using his children to, to shine a light. So yeah. it very well could be. And uh, we, we pray for revival all the time. That's a good word. Marty? Um, I believe the same. Um, what day, what time isn't a good time for revival? Yeah. Yeah. When is not a good time for you to get closer to God and dig deeper into him? Um, for me, that's every day. So especially during time of crisis. Yeah, absolutely. Um, can you recommend a great book on Christian apologetics? From uh, Daniel Mass, well, Danny, hey, Guatemala sister, That's Guatemala sister, our okay. Guatemala sister, Danny. Okay, uh, on apologetics, there is. Um, uh, I recommend authors, not books. So anything by Ravi Zacharias is fantastic, um, and anything from his RZIM uh, website, and so that's where I would go. RZIM dot org. Ravi Zacharias, R-A-V-I, Zacharias, and then you can just check out, I think it's rzim.org. I'm not sure, I'm not positive, but that's his um, ministry, and it is fantastic, and he is uh, a brilliant man. He just actually had a cancer diagnosis, pretty serious, we're going to pray for him. But he's got a team. The thing about him is that it's not just him, he's raised up a team of men under him that go around the world, and they do these uh, apologetic, uh, um, what do you call them, apologetic... uh, Conferences, conferences at uh, not revivals. Their conferences at uh, secular universities. Oh, that's cool. So they Almost want like debates. Yeah, <laughs> they they let the students come up and ask them. And a that's lot of the cool. questions are they're pretty hardcore atheists. They're coming yeah. with that stuff, and and you should just see the grace in which he um, answers the questions. It's beautiful, yeah. and they, they're all over YouTube. By the way, before you buy a book, just search them on YouTube. You'll see yeah. so many great resources on that. Um, our top fan on Facebook, Jolene Densmore. Is the construction still going on at the new Woonsocket location during all this? Oh, Shane. Shane. It is. Um, they're working, they were working today. The electricians are there. Um, they, um, we're waiting for, uh, they think they're done, and then we're going to get the electrical inspector there. Uh, walls are still going up. We're, we're still moving. We're still moving. I don't, we, you know, we, we, our goal was to be in for Easter, but that won't happen. But Yeah, soon, but soon. we're still working we for We're not stopping. That's for sure. That's great. Uh, So a couple questions about uh, this being in Scripture, in Revelation, what's going on now. Uh, An anonymous Google voice asks, Revelation talks about things like this happening before the rapture. Am I correct? Well, yeah. I mean, it does happen. Again, uh, regarding the rapture, you can go back to the uh, book of Revelation study from uh, season two of the deep end. Uh, I got a lot of positive feedback from that study, and I would encourage you to go right back, right through it. In fact, I might need to go back through it because I forgot a lot of the material. <laughs> but um, I am not a pre-trib rapture right. rapture guy, so uh, I I believe that previous generations of Christians suffered far worse than ever than than we could ever experience. But you know, the Great Tribulation. I believe that by God's grace, we're going to get through it. The church is going to get through it, and all that kind of stuff. But um, wars, rumors of wars, pestilence. Earthquakes, Jesus says in Matthew 24, these are going to come, but the end is still to come. So he says these are birth pains, and if you think about birth pains, they get more successively quicker and shorter uh, in in distance, and then the baby is born, and that's what we got to look at. And it's very, very real how that's happening, and I think I took them through uh, the level of earthquakes, the intensity of earthquakes that have gone uh, gone up over the last couple of centuries in one of those episodes, um, the definitely the global... Uh, problems that we have experienced, uh, the wars, the bloodiest century in human history was the last one, 
which is shocking yeah. <laughs> when you consider how much blood has been shed by the Roman Empire, the Persian Empire, the Babylonian Empire. I mean, that's that's saying something. So um, we definitely, you know, fact, the the 100% true fact is we are closer to Jesus' return than ever before. <laughs> uh, these are signs. And so the signs are there. And what are we supposed to do? Look up for our redemption draws nigh. We're not to you know, throw up our hands, we're, we're lift up our eyes and say, Jesus, come, we're, we're ready. We're, we want to be, we want to welcome you back home, you know, and uh, go, go be home with you. Um, so that's my answer to that. So uh, on the same note, Matt's asking the same question, but specifically the coronavirus, is that part of God's word unfolding? Yeah, this is what I don't do. I don't take, I don't read cultural events into, um, vague scripture references. I know that a lot of guys make a lot of money writing books like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't do that. Um, I think that history is a cycle in many respects, but I also believe it's a progressive cycle. And we did this in the, in the, in the Revelation series. So there's four views of Revelation. There's the preterist, which means it all occurred before uh, AD 70. Uh, there's the historicist, which means it, it occur, it, the Revelation covers uh, the resurrection of Jesus to the return of Jesus. Uh, there's the spiritualist, which is this just uh, giving us spiritual ways of seeing the world. And then there's the futurist, which is the last seven years. Revelation is the last seven years of human history. I say it's all four. And here's how I say it's all four. Because history, and if you look back in ancient history, this is true. Any, st- any honest study of human civilizations and anthropology will, will show you this. History repeats itself. Yeah. But it's a cycle. And it, it's a growing cycle. It's like a, it's like a snowball. And it keeps going around. So, you know, you think like even um, right now, the big debate for our politicians is more government involvement or less government involvement. Well, we, we've been here before. Yeah. yeah. Like the Magna yeah. Carta was written for a reason <laughs> because big government was a serious problem for people. And the Declaration of Independence was, a seri- it was, was written for that reason. But then something happens when you give too much freedom to free enterprise, people take advantage of it and exploit one another. Does government have to come in? And So, you know, I'm saying there's these cycles. Yeah. So here's how I see it. Yes, it applies to AD 70 and before. Yes, it applies to the history between then and now. And yes, it applies to the last seven years because I think the last seven years is going to be one big, the final snowball cycle. Right. And Jesus, Jesus yeah. establishes the last birth pain. Yeah. The, 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 the birth of, of right. the new age. Yeah. Um, so an uh, anonymous question. Person says, I was late to the party. Has anyone asked, what does the Bible say about eating unclean animals? I think this mutation of the coronavirus is a way to chasten humanity for being unclean, as God outlined in the Bible. Yeah, well, uh, that's <laughs> I know where the ter- they're they're picking up on the bat uh, right. theory. Oh, this right, came right, from right. the the wet markets in but China. Didn't God say all things are are now clean? To well, Peter? all things are cl- all things are clean and should be eaten, but you don't you don't Not go bats. eating raw donkey right. like nobody nobody goes to the raw donkey bar <laughs> no right <laughs> you know? Not on purpose anyway the yeah. cer- the ceremonial laws in Leviticus um, and there's a, there's a good research paper to be done about this are probably the earliest version of sanitary practices mm-hmm. in regards to meat and food preparation in human history right yeah. you know we read Leviticus we're like what the heck is this but this is an ancient People learning how to survive and thrive and survive well in an ancient context where food laws were out, you know, they were up, they were crazy. Whatever you can get. Whatever you wanted. Yeah. And so, you know, 
God, in grace and mercy, to care for his people said, for you, these foods are clean and these foods are not. Now, that serves two purposes. Number one, I believe it kept Israel strong and physically um, better, in better shape than the nations around them by which they would have been able to subdue the nations around them militarily. We know that's true because in Daniel, when Daniel doesn't eat the unclean food of Babylon, 10 days later, he's stronger and that's in better right. shape yeah. than all the wise men of Babylon. Second thing that it um, serves, it's, it, was a, uh, it was a symbol of God's uh, salvation plan. That the, the, the clean, that by Israel discerning clean and unclean for their entire history, they were always to understand that there were certain things, there were certain people set apart, certain things set apart for God, and certain things not. Mm. And they were the set apart people mm. that were intended to bless the world. They were the good nourishment for the world. That's what Israel was supposed to do. Now they failed, so Jesus came and did it for them. <laughs> he is true Israel. He is the one who passed the test in the wilderness, crossed the Jordan River, um, trusted God complicitly, uh, implicitly, and uh, complicitly, <laughs> implicitly, <laughs> and um, and then uh, bore the sins of the world on his shoulders. So he did what Israel was not able to do. He is true Israel, and he is the clean that was given for the unclean. Right. He is the spiritual person. So once he did that, all people groups, just like food groups, are clean. But that doesn't mean we absolve ourselves of sanitary Bats. practices Don't and proper cooking procedures. <laughs> Don't be a fool. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Anonymous, somebody in Woonsocket wants to know, is there anything that we can do to help Woonsocket even though the church hasn't been built yet? Is there anything they can do? I look at Shane. We're all looking at you. <laughs> like, you mean in the building or uh, uh, just the community? It, I don't know. They're yes. not specific. To both. Okay. We're, we'll come. There'll be a point in the building where we're going to need all hands on deck to get that open. So where can you direct this person to go if they if they want to help in any way? They can just uh, email me, shane at waterschurch.org. Great. I'll get it from there. Let us know what you can do. Yeah, and as far as the community, they're part of it now. So it's um what is church.tv you need help spread the help. word spread the word about waterchurch.tv yeah. you know like subscribe yeah. spread the word yeah last question that's last the, question yeah. and that's the last one i have uh andre thompson from youtube wants to know does first kings 8 have any relevance for us today if they turn and repent of their sins i will heal their land yeah that's also second chronicle seven fourteen. um i i think that it has somewhat of a um <clears throat> A relevance and somewhat not. But be careful that you don't apply uh, national principles to national Israel from the old covenant to um, spiritual principles for the modern age. Very, be very careful. A lot of people like to do this. America is not Israel, right? Um, and God's covenant with Israel still stands. That's why America's blessing really is rooted in the fact that they bless Israel yeah. and they support Israel. Uh, and the moment that we don't do that, watch out. Because human history has proved this time and time again. Look at Germany. Germany was far more technologically advanced than any country in the world in the 20th century. Now look at them. Yeah. Because of how they treated the Jews. I hate to say it, but it's true. Look at Iran. Look at um, Spain in the 1800s. You've got to do some research about this. Spain in the 1800s exiled the Jews and really mistreated the Jews, and they suffered an economic collapse wow. soon after. Those who blessed Israel will be blessed. Those who curse Israel will be cursed. That promise has never been annulled. And we got to be careful about that. Mm. So it applies to Israel. Yeah. And it still applies to Israel. Um, and we should pray. And this is what we really should do 
is we should pray for their salvation, that they come to Christ, that Jews are being saved. And I was over there a couple of years ago, and I remember hearing the statistics. In the 1980s, there was about 20, and this is not a joke, there's about 23 Christian Jews, Messianic Jews in Israel. And today there's 25,000. Amen. So, wow. so that's wonderful. Yeah. And I, I actually visit a church, big, beautiful auditorium right down in downtown um, Jerusalem, gorgeous, with a prayer tower at the top of this huge, uh, it's, it's in the bottom level of this uh, tower. And at the top, they've rented space up there to have a prayer tower that, with windows all around it so that you can pray over the entire nation, mm-hmm. the land, uh, with that church. So that's a beautiful thing. We want to pray for Israel to do what Paul talks about in Paul in, in Romans when he says that a hardening has happened for a season, but then they're going to come mm. to know their Savior, and they're going to say, you know, uh, uh, where did you get those wounds? And he's going to say, I got these wounds in the house of my friends. You know, so um, that's what we're praying for and looking forward to. The more Jews that come to Christ, the sooner Jesus is coming. I'm, I'm 100% convinced of that. So yeah. that's how it applies. We should pray for the healing of Israel, but the healing has to happen in their hearts. Right. To come to Christ. But it's not relevant to America today. It is in some ways, because I think that, you know, as Christians, uh, we are also spiritual Israel, and we can pray for the healing of our land, um, you know, but it, at the same time, there's a lot of Christians in Iran that are probably praying, and, yeah. and their, nation, their nation is decimated. Yeah. So it's not one of those principles that we can take and bring into the new covenant um, 100%. I don't think so. That's my personal belief. Sure. But I think you got to pray for your country. you got to pray for your leaders. Uh, first Kings 2. First of all, Paul says, first of all, let there be prayer, supplications, and requests be made for all people. But most of all, for those kings and those in authority, that we may live peaceful lives and that the gospel might go forward. So we got to pray for President Trump. Doesn't matter if you voted for him or, or hate him or, or love him or whatever. You got to pray for him. Uh-huh. You got to pray for your senators. You got to pray for your governors. Uh, it doesn't matter if you voted for them or if you like them. You got to pray for them. Amen. If yeah. if more Christians did that than talk about of, you know their political yeah, views, our country would heal because yeah. God can and will give them wisdom. Uh, going back to Daniel, Daniel supported and prayed for and served well Nebuchadnezzar. Yeah. One of the most heinous, self-righteous, arrogant, evil kings in human history. And God honored Daniel as he served well as much as he could in the cabinet of Nebuchadnezzar. And by doing so, he sustained the people of Israel through the exile and brought them back to Babylon. I brought, brought them back from Babylon into the promised land. And I think that's what God is asking us to do. In this nation, we are not, the, we are not in power, but we have the power of prayer to pray for it. Amen. Amen. So that was it. That's good. Good yeah. good time. Thanks, guys, for being here. Thanks for having us. Did I still lose on the Twitter? The Twitter oh. thing. I don't know. It's not updating for me. I don't yeah. know. Yeah. Well, then let's call it a tie. Oh, wait a second. Down. Take it down. <laughs> yep, there's a vote for Chris McEwen. Ooh, I got one. It's my wife. Six votes Thank to you, one. Marianne Parsons, my new best friend. <laughs> I owe you lunch. So we're so glad that you joined us. This was The Deep End with Tim Hedgen. We will be back for The Deep End. Thanks for joining us for this week's episode of The Deep End. We pray it helps you grow in your faith and your walk with Christ. If you don't already have a home church, we invite you to come out to one of our campuses this weekend. Check us out at waterschurch.org to find a location near you and a service time that fits your schedule. Make sure to stay tuned for next week's episode of The Deep End with Tim Hatch.